Hello, everyone, and happy holidays. Welcome to episode three of The Fastest 40. Uh, we're going to get started. We got to record a little bit earlier than usual. We got Christmas this Friday. Um, but my name is Dan. I got my man Trey over here. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show, episode three, December 21st. Let's get it, Dan. All righty, let's get hype. 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, a um, couple things we want to get through before we get into our our uh, the meat of our material here. Right, so meat potatoes, the meat and potatoes. <laughs> College football: Bama one, Clemson two, Ohio State three, Notre Dame four. That is the playoffs this year. Do you or do you not think Ohio State should be in top four? A lot of people don't think so. Yeah, you know we talked about this a little bit ago. Um, it's kind of weird seeing a team who only, I mean, they're undefeated. Usually undefeated means you're in the college football playoffs if you're in a Power 5 conference. But right. they played six games. It's a COVID year. So, you know, there's there's trade-off for <clears throat> seeing it as acceptable. There's trade-off for seeing it as unacceptable. To be quite honest with you, I'm not, like, super into college football in that way. Okay. But I do, you know, watch it from time to time. I was rooting on Clemson. Um, you know, I had a friendly wager with someone at the office and was able to lock that up. Um, okay. But, um, <laughs> you know, when it comes to Ohio State being in, I think it's kind of, you know, one of those situations where maybe there was another team that was more deserving. Do you think there was a team that could be better suited for this type of a format? I know there's other people who are pissed that uh, Notre Dame got in after they got smacked by Clemson. Right, yeah, I think I think first first things first, I think there needs to be either an 8 or 16 team playoff set I'm up. all for the 8. The 14 play, playoff has not worked, I mean, con- consecutive, consecutively for years now. As far as another team getting in, I don't want to see Notre Dame in the top four just because they did just lose. Mm-hmm. But you look at Texas A&M, A&M that got destroyed by Alabama earlier in the season, which everybody has. Right. Uh, Florida, no. <laughs> Oklahoma's got two losses early in the season. They started the season two and two. And then those guys that are undefeated that are not a power five that haven't beat every, every single team they've played by 30, you're not getting in the top four, man. So like a Cincinnati? No, I mean, if you beat everybody by 20, 30 points every game, you're not power five, then you'll be considered. Sure. But if you haven't played really anybody and you're not winning by 20, 30 every week, then I don't think you're considered. Yeah, and you know, I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to Alabama and Clemson Agreed. and another one of those matchups. I mean... Is anyone else sick of seeing the Alabama-Clemson saga? I mean, yes. it's kind of like the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers. They were going to, <clears throat> you know, the championship. It was like, what, five years straight? Right, yeah. How it, many, it is how many times in the last 10 years have we seen this matchup? Right, yeah. Whether it's in the playoff, whether they're playing to go to the national championship or they're playing in the national championship, we're seeing Clemson-Alabama. Exactly. Um, 
Yeah. Obviously, you let him last year. We saw LSU win it. <laughs> Which, you know, that was pretty sweet. Coach. It was, yeah. I love their coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, Joe, he's on that cigar now. He's on that cigar. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Hopefully down the line. I think, you know, if they were going to bring an expanded playoffs, they should have done it this year. Um, this is the year to do it with COVID. Everything's jacked up anyways. Right. Bring something in Try this new. Some shit. Yeah, let's, let's get after it. The, man. NBA, we, what are on? the NBA with their playoff. You right. Know, I mean, right. they were in a bubble, of course. But they did things much differently than they ever have. There was like right. 13 teams that could have got in. They had play-in right. games. They did all that shit. Yeah. So, I mean... This was the year. This was 100% the year. The MLB, they had their expanded playoffs, and that, I think I think that worked fantastic. Um, you know, there were teams, these mid-market teams that maybe, you know, they can get hot at the right time, but it's just too late for them to actually make the playoffs. Right. I think they can come in and make some noise in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, so. you kind of see that out of Oklahoma right now. Like I said, they started 2-2, two and two, and then they just ran through this season the rest of their season i mean mm-hmm. they played great football the last six seven eight weeks that's awesome i mean uh it's just it's one of those deals where hopefully in the future they come to their senses because i would love to have seen you i know, know like I'd... you said this year honestly all those teams you mentioned prior to us really diving into this um a&m florida ou if you had matched them up with some of the other teams that are in here i mean maybe ou beats notre dame Right, and they can move on to the right. semis or something like that. Right, I don't know yeah. how the seeding would work out. Obviously, right. I mean, but... if you got a 16 seed playoff, then you're throwing people in there like North Carolina that's played pretty good football this year and just uh, lost a couple of games, and now they're at the 14 seed. And it would be fun to see them play, uh, you know, Clemson or whoever it might be, just to right. just to see more football. Everybody wants more football anyways. So what are we holding back for? <laughs> I know. I know. It's. Why wouldn't you want to make more money? And seeing as the NCAA is a bunch of money grubbing whores, yeah, you know, I think that's something that they would want. Right, I agree. So we'll go ahead and jump into some exciting news in the NFL. Um, you know, Des Bryant throwing up the X for the first time in one thousand one hundred and six days. He last caught a touchdown in 2017. He caught one this weekend against Jacksonville. I mean, I almost had a tear come to my eyes. That, that was pretty cool to see. I guess I didn't realize he was. Like, not playing the kind of level of ball he used to play for 1,100 days. That's crazy. Well, he, he, you know, pretty much was sat out all of 2018. Right. And then he signs with the Saints late in the year and tears his Achilles before he can even play his Achilles before he can even play in a fucking game. Right, right. And right. Uh, basically, 2019 was a wash. He was recovering from the Achilles injury. And then he finally gets a chance in Baltimore and. Look what happens. You if know? you if you look at the the film from that pass catch he caught, and when it's not on Lamar, um, he runs a great route. And he he runs physical routes just beautiful. like he did that yeah. back in Dallas, and he looked good. And I was telling somebody, I was like, at work today, I was like, damn, you know, Des Bryant looked good on that route. He had and some I didn't really toe drag swag. Yeah, the, right. Going yeah. outside the end zone, didn't he? Yeah, like, it looked good. It was crisp. It was crispy. Yeah, so I'm I'm happy for him. I hope he continue continue some success at the end of the year. Um, we might see this guy in the playoffs too, which would be pretty exciting. Yeah, his first playoff action since then as well. Right. So that'd be pretty sweet for him. Um, another bit of news: NBA uh, Kyle Kuzma, Lakers forward, um, signed an extension, and he's a young guy, but he signed a three-year, forty million dollar extension 
Obviously, you know, if I signed that kind of extension, I'd be pretty fucking stoked. <laughs> All right. But, um, you know, he kind of, that was kind of a slap in the face because there's guys like David Bertans from fucking Washington who signed a five-year, $80 million deal, and he's not doing half of what Kuzma is probably doing on the court, you know? Yeah, I mean, situations like this, I think the guy's just probably trying to stay on a relevant team and be a part of a championship team, and that's probably why they came to that agreement. Right, and I understand that, you yeah. know? It, it, I'm sure there's no coincidence that it runs the length of LeBron's remaining years. Right. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. So, but it just feel like <laughs> he's he's obviously got a better mindset than half of the more than half of the NBA players who are signing just to get that paycheck, you know. Right. He's trying to get those rings. Right. So, uh but I just think he could have got paid more and uh it's just one of those deals, I guess. Um back to the NFL. Uh we're going to kind of flip-flop and just kind of run through the motions here, but the Browns and the Titans both secured 10-win seasons um, for the first time for the Browns since 07. They went 10-6 and six and missed the playoffs. And the Titans, their first 10-win season since 08 when Calvin or when uh, Chris Johnson ran Chris for 2,000 yards. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. When Watching that guy play, he, that guy was lightning fast, man. He was electric. Yeah. There was a game I remember specifically where um, it might have even been from that year, but it was prime Chris Johnson. Uh, they were playing the Jacksonville Jaguars at the time when they had MJD. And those dudes literally traded like 75-yard, 85-yard, and 70-yard right. touchdowns. Right. And there was like four four of them in that game, I want to say. Two from each running back. And I just remember like I had MJD on my team that year for that game, just going crazy, but just thinking, wow, man, this guy is cruising and it's he just made it look effortless out back there. when the back when the running back was what 100 relevant oh yeah nowadays you can get by with an offense that doesn't have a good running back it's just the league has changed so much yeah. in 12 years right um it's totally pass centric it's all you know who's got the good receivers what quarterback can sling it you right. know absolutely if, if brett Favre had played in this era can you imagine you know how many more touchdowns and picks he would have thrown? I know, man. That would be. I would love to see Brett. Brett Favre probably could still play. Oh yeah, that guy looks great. <laughs> he he's he just come out on the field with his Wranglers and his Nike cleats yeah. and just start slinging the fucking his, ball. He around. had the Land Sharks, man. The Nike Land Sharks. <laughs> Ew, <laughs> them lawn mowing shoes. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, in other news, speaking of people coming back on the field, Josh Gordon. He'll be uh, activated the Seattle 53-man roster. Uh, welcome back, Pothead Josh. Let's see if he can get it done. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how he looks out there. He's um, probably going to be like a one-catch in uh, the wild-card game kind of guy and then never see him again. Yeah, and he'll be high as hell. High as hell. So speaking of you know inebriated, what do you think Tyreek was sipping on? Tyreek? That looked like a pre-made margarita. It did it. Let's just call it that. <laughs> the cheetah sipping margarita. Yeah, cheetah sipping margarita. <laughs> I like that. Yes. I heard it was pickle juice, but I like the the margarita cheetah better. Yeah. Um, you know, we had some beef in the Twitter sphere. Have you seen anything going on with that? What do you think sticking out? Jerry Rice, Randy Moss. Yeah. If you had to pick one strictly on the type of player and how good this player is, who are you picking? Not rings, not that all that other shit. I'm talking about you want one wide receiver to start your team around. Who are you picking? It's hard. That's a hard choice. 
because with Jerry Rice, you get longevity, and uh, you know he was no slouch on the field. Yeah, this hard working dude. Stud. Oh yeah, he he came from you know a little known school in Mississippi and blossomed into what is the best statistical wide receiver to touch the field. On the other end, you've got probably the most gifted physically wide receiver of all time in Randy Moss, who think, had length, think, speed, and elite hands. You think he's more athletically gifted than Calvin Johnson? I would say it's pretty close. It probably is pretty close. I mean, if Calvin Johnson had played out his career yeah, to the extent yeah. that he could have, maybe he would be in this little Twitter beef. Yeah, probably so. But he only played until he was 30 and then called yeah. it a day. Yeah. Randy Moss has a phrase named after him. Yeah. They don't say you got riced. Yeah. They say you got Moss. <laughs> so if you're talking about legacy and, you know, what's going to be left on the game, obviously everyone's going to remember Jerry Rice forever. His impact on the game is going to be remembered forever. But Randy Moss is a fucking, it's a common fixture whenever you're getting yeah. ready for Monday night games. Right. I mean, I just watched the segment, DeAndre right. Hopkins mossed a couple of guys for against Philly. the Eagles. Yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. So I think that's where you gotta kind of got to give the edge. Jerry's got the rings. He ain't lying. He's not lying. He ain't lying about that. He's not lying. But Randy Moss is, I think his legacy just goes a little bit further. It's kind of like Kobe. You know, you say Kobe when you make a shot. Yeah. You know? He's got the rings, too, though. He's got the rings, too. <laughs> yeah. I guess there's not really... I guess it's kind of like a, a LeBron-Jordan deal there. But yeah. um, as far as these two guys, Jerry Rice and Randy Moss, I'm going Randy Moss just because Jerry Rice was consistent, and, and that's great, but Randy Moss can change a football game by himself. Yeah. Throw a football up, and that guy's going to go get that football. Triple coverage. Don't yeah, matter. so that's why I'm taking Randy in this. You know, you're right with the Jerry Rice having the rings and, and all that good stuff and, and the stats. But And we grew up on Randy Moss, so I think I'm a little biased towards Randy Moss because right. of the fact that I got to grow up and watch Randy Moss with Dante Culpepper mm -hmm. and then Tom Brady. Um, so I, I think Randy Moss has got – he has that factor, that X factor. I don't want to say the X factor because – uh, yeah, Dante, Dante Hall, Hall, but he's got that like he's got that he can do that play or he can he can make that play and right he's just that guy it's like beyond a shadow of a doubt you know he's gonna catch that ball yeah like uh imagine if Randy was playing with Pat Mahomes <sighs> that guy was dusting people when Good he luck. was like 35 yeah yeah and he was, Tom was just launching balls up it didn't matter yeah that was crazy so I'm, I'm taking Randy Moss with that yeah and I agree with you you know we grew up watching Randy Moss but you know early in my football watching days I do remember Jerry Rice but he was in a fucking Raiders uniform and he was right. doing shit to us <laughs> so that's maybe a little bit of animosity there for right. that I mean Jerry Jerry Rice played with the Raiders when he was in his late 30s and early 40s and this dude still was getting, you know, I'm pretty sure he had one or two seasons with double-digit touchdowns when he was catching passes from Rich Gannon. So, I think uh, I think our audience will kind of agree with this and, and the fact that if, you know, if you're 40 years old, maybe over, you're probably going to be like, man, Jerry Rice is the guy. He's the best receiver ever. <laughs> it's a demographic. Yeah, and then everybody else that's like under 40, under 35 is going to be like, man, Randy Moss is the guy. He's the best receiver it's ever. Like you can guess the person's age just by their answer. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, man, Jerry Rice, best wide receiver ever touched the field. Oh, you must be over 50. Oh, you were born in the early 80s, <laughs> right. huh? And then the same on the same tokens like 
that young kid saying Randy Moss. Yeah. He's in his 20s. He doesn't right. football. Right. You know, all the, there's some old heads, and then there's kids in the new generation trying to push what they know. Absolutely. The fact of the matter is both these guys are great players, and they're Hall of Famers for a reason. Absolutely. Agreed, 100%. You know, I'll call it, I'll chalk it up to 1A, 1B. I'll let whoever's talking about it decide who who is what letter. <laughs> so, Army did not get selected to a bowl game. Army finished the season 9-2. and two. Army won the Commander Chiefs trophy, which means that they beat the Air Force and they beat Navy this wow. year. Whoever wins the series um, each season gets the Commander Chiefs trophy. Like I said, they finished 9-2, and two, did not get selected for a bowl game. Let me explain to you how you get selected to a bowl game. I don't know all the criteria, but I know you got to win six games because we've all watched Mizzou win like six or seven games and get selected to bowl games, which is right. embarrassing. And here we are with Army that's 9-2 and two and did not get selected to a bowl game. And it sounds like it's from uh, it's from you know, people paying some money here and having... Greasing some palms here. Yeah, and, and having, uh, you know, I got money with this company that has this bowl game, and they don't want the Army in the game. They want the SEC team. and The Power Five. Yeah, guys. yeah. I yeah. mean, that's understandable. But these guys are 9-2. and two. Plug them into a bowl game. They got robbed. This is bullshit. Plug the guys into a bowl game. Let's watch them, watch them play another football game. These guys deserve it. These seniors deserve it. These guys play four years of ball. They're not a two-year right. kind of play they're ball, and I'm out. Early. Yeah, they're, they're they're playing their full four years. So let's let's let these guys play a football game. We all want to see it anyways. 100%. Yeah, that's robbery. Something else in NFL today. Um, the Texans interviewed our old buddy from, uh, you know, former Detroit and former Indianapolis Colt head coach, Jim Caldwell. Um, what do you think about that? I think Deshaun Watson might be looking for a trade if Jim Caldwell is going down to Texas. <laughs> I think uh, him and J.J. Watt are probably thinking, what the hell are you guys thinking? We have a pretty solid team. We just need some leadership and some guidance to push us over that ledge. Right. I think, I mean, that team has is, is, is obviously got some good football players on it. They do really need a good coaching staff and some help from the front office to make that team good and relevant in the AFC. Right. And it is early. I'll say this much. It is, it's absolutely. Early, and Caldwell is probably the only coaching candidate they can bring in without dealing with tampering. Yep. Because coordinators, and I know someone who I think would be the best man for the job, and I he's was, on the Chiefs coaching staff. Yes, I was about to bring that up. Eric Bieniemy, I think, is the man for the job. He needs a quarterback like Deshaun Watson to bring his you know, play-calling abilities yeah. and really flourish there. And I think he would help Watson's career a lot. Yeah, now that we're talking about this, that kind of scares me because Deshaun Watson, we all know, <laughs> is a great quarterback. He's a great right. football player. And We've seen what he could do with Bill O'Brien. Yeah, EB is an incredible play-caller and an offensive coordinator and an offensive mind. And if we put those two guys together, that might be a, a, a pretty stout football team next year. I mean, obviously, a lot more things go into that. What do they do in the offseason? Right. Um, do they actually bring EB in? You know, a lot of things go into that. But EB, Deshaun Watson, that might be a pretty lethal combo. We'll see. We'll see how everything shakes out. There's probably going to be a lot more coaching vacancies as we move towards, um, you know, free agency and the draft and those sort of things. And those teams will want to get that short up before the draft so the coach can draft, you know, the players that they think would fit best with their scheme. No doubt. So we'll see how it all pans out. Obviously, once teams start getting 
uh, eliminated and the season ends and the playoffs begin, that's when teams from those losing franchises can start um, hunting for new coaches, really. Right, right. A little bit of uh, disheartening news today. Um, NFL great and Hall of Fame linebacker Kevin Green uh, passed away at the young age of 58 today. Uh, So, you know, our condolences go out to um, his family and his friends, the Steelers organization and the Panthers organization, and uh, I think the Dolphins and the Rams as well. Um, You know, he was an integral part of NFL history, part of the 1990s all-decade team, five-time Pro Bowler. He has two sack titles and uh, was the 94 linebacker of the year as well as being the 1996 Defensive Player of the Year for the uh, inaugural season of the Carolina Panthers' uh, start in the NFL. So um, rest in peace to Kevin uh, Kevin Green, and, and our condolences go out to his family. No doubt. And it's something I want to point out for something like this and something that doesn't go down on paper or it's not a plaque on, his, on any kind of trophy or any wall or anything, but... Um, this era of football, the Kevin Green era, the late 80s, 90s, mm-hmm. this was when the edge rush was kind of established. Right. The rush was always up the middle, always the interior lineman. The um, Deacon Joneses, the Mean Joe Green. Yeah, absolutely. World, right? This guy kind of uh, was the face of the 3-4 defense coming off the edge as a linebacker. So um, – uh, touche to Kevin for that, and like Dan said, RIP and, and condolences to his family, to the NFL, and uh, all the fans out there watching so and listening. So um, Kevin was great. He led the way, kind of like LT did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sucks. Yeah, it's it's sad. You know, 2020 has been rough. 2020 has been rough for you know a lot of people, <laughs> and um, you know, just another one of those reminders. Life's life short. Uh, let's see if the, you know, I'm sure the Steelers are playing for him tonight. You know, we got the game on here. It's Monday night. Um, they just held the Bengals up to punt the ball over to the Steelers. So, uh, just getting started with that action. We'll see how that plays out and kind of, uh, chime in on big developments from the game. Moving into the NFL hard and fast power rankings. Um, I think Dan wants to speak a little bit about, um, who's bringing this to us? Who's bringing this to us this week? Um, Dan, bring it on. Yeah, so uh, NFL hard and fast power rankings. They're going to be brought to you by CS Designs. Uh, that's going to be our title sponsor moving forward with this segment. Uh, like we mentioned at the end of episode two, uh, we just entered into a fantastic new partnership with them. We're going to have our new logo coming out later this week. We'll make the announcement for that. Um, so yeah, you know, CS Designs, Corey, he's a great guy. Uh, we've enjoyed working with him. I've worked with him on some other projects in the past. Um, he can really do it all. I mean, this guy, can he can put together videos for you, music videos. He does photography, graphic design, web design, uh, basically anything you need to market your company or your brand. Um, so definitely reach out to him. He knows how to take your vision and make it a reality. Um, you can look at some of his work. He's done some great things. Um, look at his IG. It's at CS Designs Official. Or you can check out his website, www.coreysandersdesigns.com. Um, really excited to work with him and, and looking forward to seeing uh, how we can really move forward with this partnership. So um, let's dive right into this hard and fast power rankings brought to you by CS Designs. Uh, Trey, what's your top five? Top five. Obviously, I got the Chiefs as number one. I'm keeping Packers number two. 
going straight to the Bills at three. I will say I debated on putting the Bills at the two slot this week. Those guys have gotten better the last two or three weeks. Like continuously gotten better. Played better football each week. After that, I got the Saints. Um, I I kind of flirted on whether I wanted to put the Titans in front of the Saints and maybe <laughs> even the Colts in front of uh, the Saints also. Wow. I think they looked – that was kind of a, a shitty loss for the Saints. It was a shitty – kind of a, a, a weird win for the – I don't want to say shitty win for the Chiefs. It was just a weird game. It was a weird game. The Saints did not look good. Drew Brees did not look good. He no. looked uh, like, like he was in pain, and he didn't want to be out there, and he was confused on play calls, and, and he just did not look very good at all. Um, you know so what he I, looked like? He looked like a 41-year-old quarterback. Yeah, that that's true. <laughs> um, I'm sure you don't heal from 11 broken ribs very quickly right. if you're 41 years old. He looked a little run down. He looked like he's been getting battered. Uh, my top five is the same as Trey's, um, so I'm right there with you. I wanted to put the Titans ahead of the Saints, but I really think the reason why Drew Brees and the Saints lost is because they're still getting into the rhythm together after not playing together for the last four three or four weeks um and breeze is probably still in pain you know he's probably had to take a little cortisone shot before he went out there and i'm sure all of his ribs are not quite healed yet um, yeah if he's not i don't i don't see how he's playing while not in pain he's got to be hurting a little oh, at least a little bit 100 you know uh he just did not look like he was comfortable out there and there, he took a pretty hard shot at one point in the game that he kind did. of folded him up. And, you know, it just did not look right from that point on. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, Man, I mean, and the, t- the way the Titans are coming on so strong as of the last couple of weeks, and they beat the Colts a couple, two or three weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, these guys, Derrick Henry is an absolute machine. It's hard to combat that run game. That is incredible. I mean, this guy's stiff arms are are just disgusting. <laughs> he knocked guys into the next planet. He did, and these guys are getting up like, what the that hell poor, just happened to me? That poor guy Myers from uh, from Detroit took a <laughs> some chin music going off the sideline there. That is just incredible. And he was just walking out of bounds. Like I know Henry didn't have to do that. Well, some I did <laughs> notice as he's running towards the towards the numbers towards the hashes on the on the sideline there is like when he turns upfield. The defender turns with him and starts like running upfield with him, so that they don't have to make immediate contact. Right, he's you know? like, I'm gonna try and match his speed yeah. to take as much off as I yeah, can right. from this impact. Right, <laughs> yeah, that, I mean that guy's just an absolute unit. Oh, he's huge. He's a monster, and he's so fast. Yeah, he can really get on his horse and go. And what's weird is, you know, he's such a big back. Um, he's not like a you know, up the middle kind of guy. Right. He runs outside the tackles. That's yeah. where he likes to be. Yeah. And he's got shiftiness. Yeah. You know, his vision is fantastic. His, his patience is great. great. And he's got that shiftiness to like, you know, break around people, juke some dudes out, leave yeah. jock straps on the field, break ankles. Yeah. And then if he doesn't juke you out, your ass is getting thrown in the grass. Yeah, he's gonna freight <laughs> train that ass. Yeah. Absolutely. Um bottom five, I gotta tell you my bottom five is still the Jets. They're still the trash team of the league. And then I got to give it to the Bengals right after that. Okay. Uh, you know, Ryan Finley starting tonight. You can't put a team led by Ryan Fidley, Finley and not start their ranking in this power rankings with a three. Um, the Jaguars right above them. And then the Texans 
the uh, disheartened Texans, and then the Eagles, which it kind of was hard for me to put the Eagles here with the way Jalen Hurts is playing. I was thinking that, man. They played great against the Cardinals. They played, they played solid against the Cardinals. They beat the Saints. Uh, but there's just not a team that I'm ready to move them ahead of yet. I just don't think that they're, you know, they, who do they play this week? I mean, they've got. I don't know. Let me uh, check that out real quick. They've got the Cowboys this week. You know, they're just not even in playoff contention. I just, I would have a hard time not putting them in my bottom five. Yeah. Until I see more consistency out of Jalen Hurts. He does it for an extended period. It's been two games. You know, teams don't have tape on him yet. Um, he's That's doing true. something totally opposite of what Carson Wentz is doing, uh, which that can be a good thing, but I just need to see more out of, out of them before I move them out of my bottom five. Yeah, I think there. I think there's probably maybe seven teams I think that are worse than the Eagles now with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Wow. Yeah, um, I got the Bengals as the worst team in the fo- in, uh, NFL right now. Jets moved up. Um, congrats to those guys for losing Trevor Lawrence, you dumbasses. <laughs> cousin Trevor. Yeah, cousin Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, obviously I got the Jets next, and then I got the Jags after that. Then I got the Texans as does Dan. Mm-hmm. And I got the 49ers as the 28th seed in the NFL right now because they paid, they played my 28th seed last week, which was the Cowboys. So I'm just replacing the Cowboys with the 49ers. With the team they beat. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, they don't look good. Obviously, they've been hurting from injury, injuries for, I mean, all season. They, I mean, they're probably short 15 guys. Between COVID and injuries throughout the season, they're probably short big time on guys. They have arguably been the most affected by COVID. I would say the Broncos are probably pretty close to the Niners in that respect. But, yeah, I mean, they, you know, Richard Sherman missed most of the season. Nick Bosa played one game. George Kittle's played three games. Jimmy Garoppolo has missed most of the season. And Debo that's, Samuel. Debo Samuel and missed and Mostert. time. Mostert missed time. Yeah. Tevin Coleman missed time. Yeah. And um, that's just from, you know, the key players from the Super Bowl last year. Right. You know, so D Ford has missed a lot of time. Yep. Um, they, they've been hurting. They've been hurting a lot. And then they traded away Quan Alexander, which did not help their linebacking core a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, I think if, if the Texans play a, a better game last week, then I think 40, I, I think fundamentally and straight up on paper, Texans are a better football team than the 49ers. But, I mean, they, the Texans have lost bad games lately. They've lost because they don't have heart. Yeah, they don't give a shit anymore. They're, they're done. Uh, they're, they're toast. Out of the motivation to win, um, and it's hard to to even suit up uh, when you're feeling that way. Um, speaking of the Cowboys, um, you know, you said you bumped them out of your bottom five. The reason why I didn't include them is because I think they're a better team with Tony Pollard in the backfield. I think so too. That it's not focused around Zeke anymore, right. which it really wasn't too much before. He only got like 17 carries last week or two weeks ago. But uh, they're not focused on one guy making one guy the guy, right? right. They're, they're focused on having a team uh, a team come out there on the football field and execute the way they're they're supposed to execute. And I, I, I think that uh, I think at the end of the season, we might see a little shuffling, might see a little animosity within the, the, the front office and the coaching staff. Um, but that'll be something to look forward to, I guess, because I, I think there's going to be a lot of blame going, going towards the coaching staff instead well, of 
the play on the field. I will say this. They already guaranteed McCarthy's coming back for 2021. Um, you know, Jerry Jones guaranteed that. I don't think they're going to shift from Zeke as the premier back. I no. think he'll still get a lot of the focus in their offense moving forward. But I think they'd be smart to work in Tony Pollard and use it as like a thunder and lightning sort of situation. Because, which they've kind of done that up to this point. They just need to put more emphasis on getting Pollard involved in the passing game. Yeah, I mean, they haven't ruled this team out of the playoffs yet. But, I mean, let's go ahead and rule them out and experiment with this team. Mm Mm-hmm. What can this guy do? What can this rookie do that we haven't played at all? What you know? What? How do we expand C.D. Lamb's game? Right. All this different things. Let's try to really, build this football team. What are they going to do? What are they going to do with Andy Dalton? Right. And, I mean, playoffs? they need a lot of things to go. They need a lot of things to happen for them to get mm-hmm. the playoffs, anyways. Some help. Yeah. So, experiment with the football team. See what you can do with those guys. Like I said, C.D. Lamb's a stud. Get that guy expand his football game and, and see what he can do outside of catching the long ball and screens. We'll see how it pans out. I would be excited to see them experiment with some people. I think their defense looked fantastic this past weekend. Um, you know, they were playing the Niners, led by Nick Mullins, um, but their defense had, you know, a lot of key plays, key turnovers. I think they scored a touchdown this weekend, maybe two, um, and they handily beat beat the Niners. Uh, it was close for a minute there when it was tied 24, but then they just didn't look back. Maybe they are already experimenting, maybe with new defensive schemes, right. um, new play calling, and getting Pollard involved, um, you know, I think helped them a lot. So let's talk some matchups. Week 16, we've only got two regular season weeks left. This is the part of the time of the year where I start to get a little sad, to be honest with you, because <laughs> I know it's winding down. Yeah. I live for these, you know, what is it, 17 weeks of the regular season, and then another five, six weeks of the playoffs, you know, these 24 weeks, (laughs) they're my favorite time of the year. I agree. Um, So it is, it's getting a little sad seeing it come to an end, but also it's exciting, obviously, because uh, we have the team with the best record in football with the Chiefs. Um, But let's look at some of these matchups. There's a lot of matchups with playoff implications here in play. Um, We missed out on that last weekend. Uh, not a whole lot going on. Pretty, yeah, no doubt. pretty lame. And looking forward to Week 17, we got some good matchups in Week 17. It could also. come down to a few, you know, yeah, some playoff spots coming down to the wire. Um, so first game I really want to highlight. I guess I'll just jump into these two games. Really, uh, I don't want to spend too much time on them. But Minnesota going to New Orleans. Obviously, Minnesota. They're two games back from Arizona. Uh, still alive technically, but with a loss, they would get bounced. Um, New Orleans, Drew Brees, all of them still getting in the swing of things. Um, they win. They secure their division. So a little bit of implication there if that they, we can talk about a little if bit. If they lose and Seattle wins, Seattle jumps to the two spot. They jump to the two spot, but also if the Buccaneers win, then they're tied. They're both 10-5, and five, but the Saints own the tiebreaker over the Bucks because they beat them twice. So the Bucks technically can still leapfrog them, but a little bit more has to go their way. So a little bit of implication here with the Saints and the Vikings game. Um, I do have them on upset alert as well. Um, now Miami is going on the road to Las Vegas. Another one of those situations, Las Vegas, two games behind Miami. This is a must win for them. They lose, they're out. Uh, Miami also is winning a tiebreaker against the Ravens. They're both 9-5. and five. Uh, Miami, if they want to continue to hold on to that spot, they better beat the Raiders. 
Yeah, this is a big game. I think this one's a little bit. This one's going to get overshadowed by the next three games we're going to talk about. But this is a kind of a big game. I, I'm definitely going to watch this one. Absolutely. I'm hoping. I'm hoping to get at least uh, some of it in for sure. These next three are probably the most impactful games, maybe remaining on the schedule, depending on how things shake out. Um, so first, you know, we're going to talk Colts going to Pittsburgh on the road. The Colts. 10-4, and four, currently second place in their division, right behind the Tennessee Titans. And, you know, they're trying to jump the Titans. The Titans have a tough match, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. But if the Colts are able to beat Pittsburgh this weekend, which I think they easily I can. I think they can, too. The Colts' man. defense has been fantastic this year. This is going to be a defensive battle. Um, I would not be surprised to see the under hit in this game, you know, if we want to put a, a gambling spin on it. But, uh, you know, the Colts are good at forcing pressure. Ben Roethlisberger has had one of the quickest release times uh, from the pocket this year. Quickest in his career. In his career. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see if if the pressure can get to Ben before he's just chucking the ball out. Now, quick release does not mean accuracy. Right. (laughs) Especially with Big Ben. And great numbers. So if they're forcing that release a little bit to continue to be a little bit quicker, maybe too quick for routes to develop. I would look for, you know, the Colts to take this win and um, pretty much it would bar Pittsburgh from the one seed, from the bye, which I think they need more than any AFC team. I agree 100%. I think Indianapolis owns this game with the run game. I think they dominate the pace of the game and hold Big Ben off the field and just completely depletes that that, uh, Pittsburgh defense, so... Between Jonathan Taylor and Naeem um, Hines. Hines. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I think those two guys just shred that. Or not necessarily shred, but dominate the pace of that football game. And I think Colts win that game. Yeah. I think they're just as hot. Not just as hot, but they're just a step behind Tennessee right now and how hot they are. They're, they're playing good football. The Colts have looked great. You know, with Jonathan Taylor really blossoming these last few weeks. Yeah, he's, he's looking had great. Some, he's had some fantastic matchups. Yep. Um, so this Pittsburgh defense is going to be the true challenge for for that run game, and I agree with you. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna stomp on them this week. Um, you know, there's the secondary of the Colts is they're no slouches either. Right. And uh, the receivers for the Steelers have not looked good. They've been dropping passes. Um, so yeah, you know, sloppy play. I think leads the Colts to take this one. You know, moving forward, this this game uh, maybe. Maybe a little bit more important than the last one we'll talk about, just because of the implications that it carries. Yeah. Um, the Los Angeles Rams going on the road to the Seattle Seahawks. So something to think about with this game before we even talk about it: the Rams play Arizona next week, or not? Oh, wow. ne- yeah, after this week, they play Arizona, which is still going to mean a lot to the Rams and, and going to mean a hell, whole hell of a lot to the Cardinals because they might be a string away from getting booted out of the playoffs. That could be, that's definitely something to watch with the Rams, you know, losing to the winless Jets this past week. Um, it put them a game back on Seattle. And um, it could be one of those situations where if they lose again, uh, Seattle pretty much would lock up the division at that point. Yep. They'd be two games, they would lock up the division. They'd yep. be two games ahead with one game left to play. And the Rams could potentially be holding on to, you know, hope to Five not. Five or six seed. To not drop to the seventh seed, yeah, because they play the Cardinals week seventeen, right, and they could leapfrog them at that point. So we could definitely we could see that for sure. 
yeah. in week 17, a play for the six or the seven seed or the five or the seven seed. Absolutely. So, you know, it's going to come down to the wire with that. And just, I expect the Rams to beef up that defense this week and really hold the Seahawks down. I think yeah. they take the win after an embarrassing loss to the New York Jets. They're going to come out motivated, ready to, you know, shut up the critics and, we saw what happened to Russell Wilson when he pay, played the Washington football team. He didn't do that great statistically. No. Um, they almost won that game. It was yeah. a 15 to 22, 15-23 game. 15-20. Um, 15-20? Yep. Even closer, yeah. This is five points because the fucking Seahawks didn't cover. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> sons of bitches. I took Washington <laughs> on our weekly pick em. Uh, I So, I took them in our weekly pick em, but I do something with my work like with guys I work with, and I changed it. The last minute, I changed it to Seattle minus six like an idiot. Why? I don't know. Why? I just need to stick with my gut. That's the problem. Yeah, I overthink shit. I think the Rams don't sleep on them just because they lost the Jets last week. I think the Rams come out here have a good show against Seattle. They've already beaten Seattle this year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just kind of the only thing. Like uh, I don't want to say they're going to sweep Seattle because it seems tough to say when Seattle could finish. Uh, ten and six, eleven and five, but they could sweep Seattle. I I don't know. I don't I don't know who I'm picking for this game yet, but it's gonna be a it's uh this one's got a lot of weight on it. Hundred percent. They're definitely capable of doing it. Right. And then I think the game of the week is absolutely a hot, hot, hot Tennessee team. They seem to get super hot in December. We've seen that obviously last year, and then again now. Derrick Henley looks great. They are going up to Green Bay to play Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. Green Bay. Um, that's going to be a great game. Green Bay's super hot. Been hot for weeks now, months oh, yeah. now. And like I said, Tennessee's super hot. And I, th- I think Tennessee goes up there and tries to dominate that game with the run, as they have. I mean, obviously, uh, uh, the qu- quarterback. Ryan Tannehill had a great game last week. <laughs> um, but I, I don't I don't see him doing that week in and week out. And, I saw some stat today, or stats, I should say. Over the last 24 weeks, 24 starts, him compared to Pat, he had more touchdowns, same amount of interceptions, higher QB rating, and uh, Pat had like 900 more yards. But I mean, I was like looking at this like, wow, like this guy's actually got like some pretty incredible stats with the, with the Tennessee Titans right now. So, yeah. Uh, I think he's he does a good job managing the game, and they obviously have – He's all, he's got Derrick Henry to manage it for him when mm-hmm. he can't you know run the ball yeah go run for thirteen yards on first down every first down <laughs> first play of the drive yeah so I mean this is gonna be a good football game I think this I think it's like uh, minus six to Green Bay right now which is kind of high if you ask me I would take that six for Tennessee that's what I'm thinking too I think it's a three or four point game me too um, I think the only bad part is. If Green Bay puts them down by two scores and you got Ryan Tannehill trying to come back and win that football game, he's not your guy. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, Tannehill is one of those dark horse MVP candidates to start the year. He kind of lost flame a little bit. Um, but Derrick Henry is an MVP candidate who could rush for 2,000 yards this year. He's only about 350, 325 in that range yards yep. away yep. Uh, with two games left to go. The Packers' run defense is not great. You know, there's been a ton of running backs who have basically had their way with them. Um, You know, Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines being two of those guys that had really good games against the Packers as well. Um, So I would look for Derrick Henry to put up, 
you know, another stat line similar to what he's been doing the last few weeks of 140, 150 yards, a touchdown or two, maybe a catch for 15 yards. Um, that could end up being the difference maker. Agreed. Yeah. I but, think I, this is going to be, I think a big factor is, is in Green Bay too. That used to be, or that is kind of like uh, the old Arrowhead, right? We're like, holy shit, I got to go to Arrowhead and play. I got to go play Monday Night Football at Arrowhead. Lambo carries weight. It does. It does. Absolutely. It does. And that's why it's our game of the week. Yep. Um, you know, it's, it look for fireworks. Look for some excitement. Look for some high scoring. Hammer the over. Um, absolutely. You know, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Those guys are going to have great games. Robert Tanyan's going to have a great game. And then I would also expect, you know, Tannehill, Henry, and uh, AJ Brown and maybe even Corey Davis to do some do some work this this uh, this weekend. No doubt, and I got a couple of those guys in some sleeper picks and some other picks down when we're going to talk about fantasy. But before we do that, let's jump into the playoff picture. Um, eliminated right now, as of right now, Bengals, Jets, Patriots, Texans, Jags, Chargers, Broncos, Lions, Panthers, Falcons, and the Niners. Yes, sir. It's- I love it. It's getting that time of the year. Yeah, it is. Where, it's crunch time, and I love you it. You know, teams are getting bounced left and right. Yeah. This weekend has a lot of implications. Um, we do have three division winners yep. already decided. Uh, the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Packers have locked up their respective divisions. Uh, now, there can be some one-seed clinching going on this weekend. Uh, I like it. Our hometown boys, the Chiefs, they can clinch the one-seed with a win and a Steelers loss. That would put them two games up with a game to play. The Packers can do the same. Yep. Uh, if we, they win and the Saints lose. Yeah, and we talked about them or talked about the Saints, you know, potentially having a good game on their hands with Minnesota. Hundred percent. So they could definitely see that. A lot of implications. Yep. A lot of implications. Some teams who have clinched, uh, the Saints, the Steelers, and the Seahawks have all punched their ticket along with those division winners. Uh, the Steelers can clinch their division with a win and a Browns loss. Uh, obviously, depending on what goes on in tonight's game, which the Bengals are actually winning three to nothing, and it looks like they just got another turnover. Yep, uh, a fumble. Fumble. Is that Jesse Bates the third? Because that guy is a Pro Bowl snub, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but this is another turnover. Uh, the Bengals are currently leading three to nothing on the Steelers. This was that game I talked about last week where I said Pittsburgh's gonna cover <laughs> thirteen. Then you if, said twenty. If not twenty. We can't all, believe we didn't take that. Thank God I didn't shake hands with you on that. Yeah. But, uh, Looks like G- oh, it's, that's it's not Von gonna Bell. be it's Von Bell who forced that uh Oh, I don't know. It's going to be close. He, he kind of made a football move there. He took like two, maybe three steps and made a football move. One, One two, two, three. That's he a fumble. Got the third step. He yeah. took that football. Yeah. He, was making, he caught that That's football. a fumble. That's a Von Bell fumble. So, uh, forced fumble. So, yeah, something Von exciting Juju. here to, to see, uh, you know, the Steelers. Here's what the Steelers have been fucking known for. Going down early to these shit teams and then squeaking out a win at, win at the end. So, you know, maybe they don't cover, but I think they'll still get the win. Can you get a targeting call after the play? I mean, like, can they review that? Because he might get one. No, I don't think they can. He may get fined if it's, you know, yeah, because he does make helmet-to-helmet contact. um, But they can't call it in retrospect, uh, you know, during a review. But we'll see how that pans out. 
Going back to these playoff implications and some scenarios. Looks like I'll, ruling on the field is incomplete pass. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, I don't either. But back to these back to these implications, some things that can happen. Um, Steelers clinch the division, possibly. The Saints can clinch their division with a win uh, or a loss in a Bengals or a Buccaneers loss. Um, they own the tiebreaker over the Buccaneers. They beat them two times, so that's something to just look out for. Titans, Browns, and Colts, they can all clinch the playoffs with a win and a Dolphins and Ravens loss. Um, look out for those things to happen. I imagine one of those three teams at least will be clinching uh, the playoffs this Agreed. weekend. Agreed. Maybe two. Maybe two. The Buccaneers and Rams can clinch with wins and Cardinals or Bears losses, depending on how you're spinning it. Um, they have good opportunities to clinch their playoff spots this weekend. Cardinals can clinch with a win and a Bears loss. Uh, Washington can clinch their division with a win and a Giants and Cowboys loss. Giants and Cowboys are eliminated with a loss, period. And the, uh, oh, I'm sorry, the Cowboys are eliminated with a loss, period. The Giants are eliminated with um, with that previous scenario. The Eagles would be eliminated with a loss or a win and a loss combination. Um, so a lot of things going on in that NFC East Um so just keep an eye out on, on for what's going on with that. The Vikings and Raiders, they could be eliminated with losses um, or Cardinals and Dolphins wins. That would essentially put them up two games with one remaining, uh, eliminating those teams. Uh, with all that being said, all of those situations coming to a head, who do you think is most in danger of missing the playoffs or losing their spot? I think I want to take one from each each conference here. Uh, just so that we could take a look at that. But um, I think definitely the Dolphins have a chance of losing their spot. With uh, They still play the Bills in Week 17. Mm. But if the Bills aren't playing for anything, are they going to play anybody? That's uh, something to throw in there. That is something. Well, what I think the Bills would play for is to not let the Dolphins in, into the playoffs. You see that with divisional teams. They play to not see their divisional teams in, in the playoffs. Because those are the know. teams that know them best. You don't want to play a divisional team a third time. Would they play them in the playoffs? No, because they would be the seven seed and the, the Bills would be the, the three seed. I mean, it'd be a long shot, but it could happen. I even, don't think even, it will happen. Even if, if I'm the Bills, I'm like, I don't really give a shit about the Dolphins because they can't beat us. It's just one of those things where it's the I rivalry. It's the rivalry. I hear you. Um, contenders, Ravens, obviously they got the Giants and Cincinnati left Two bottom 10 teams. These guys yeah. are hot as ever right now. I'd pretty much count the Giants out of that division with those two games left. Yeah, agreed. With so that game left. if Dolphins, if Dolphins bail out of the playoffs, Ravens are going to take that slot. Um, NFC, uh, the Cardinals, this is kind of a tough one for me cause I don't, the bears are kind of hot right now. They still have to play Tennessee week 17, obviously not going to win that game. The Cardinals, they still have to play the Rams Week 17, so they're going to maybe lose that game. That's going to be a really good football game, actually. Yeah. Uh, we've already talked about that. But um, the first Cardinals are a seven good. seed. Yeah, it was a great game. Cardinals are a seven seed right now. So let's say they win this weekend. They play the Rams next weekend and lose that. You know, I don't know where they sit, but um, the Bears have to win out to be able to get into the playoffs. Yeah, the Bears, like you said, they're hot. David Montgomery has been blowing up. 
the dude has just been running. He's pretty much guaranteed 100 yards and a touchdown or two the last few games. Um, I think a lot of that, and Mitchell Trubisky has been playing pretty well. I know. Also, I think a lot of that is because Matt Nagy quit calling plays. He turned it over to Bill Lazor, uh, the offensive coordinator, and that's what you're supposed to do yeah. as a head coach. You have to delegate. Um, you know, So seeing this team kind of blossom, it makes you wonder, like, what if he had done this sooner? Because they started out 5-1, and one, yep. if you remember correctly. Yep. And then they were actually 5-0 and when they lost their first game. Uh, after starting 5-0, and they have since gone 2-8. and Not great. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, not great. So, um, <laughs> you know, that's one of those things where good on Nagy for uh, shifting play-calling responsibilities over to, over to Bill Lazor, but um, maybe too little too late. Yeah, we'll have to see on that one. And this is going to be a Week 17 thing right here. Absolutely. And... It's just going to be exciting. These next two weeks are going to be super exciting. There's going to be a lot of heartbroken fans. There's going to be a lot of rejoicing. You know, Dolphins, they make the playoffs. That would be the first time they've done that since, oh, 2010, I want to say. Uh, back when they went 10-6, and six, and there was a whole bunch of ties of people who went 10-6. and six. It's been a long time for the Dolphins since they've been able to experience anything positive. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of rooting for them to go. I like Bill or Brian Flores. I like their defense. I like what they're doing. So I kind of hope they make it. I don't. <laughs> you don't want to see them again, huh? No, I mean, actually, if I had to pick between the Dolphins and the Ravens, I'm picking Dolphins because I don't want to play Lamar and that, that squad in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, what's difficult about the situation, and this maybe is a good segue into what we're going to talk next, is Chiefs. Yeah. Um, you know, what makes this a difficult situation is that the Chiefs have actually played playoff teams, unlike the the Steelers, you know? Yeah, and on the road. On the road, exactly. So playing a team a second time, this that's why divisional games are so difficult, is because you play them two times, and they can learn from their yeah, mistakes 100%. and then capitalize on those things. Um, Raiders and, this year. Exactly. And then, you know, the Dolphins, they were missing a lot of key offensive pieces whether they were hurt before they got to the game or they got hurt during the game against us. And who's to say whether or not those guys are going to return? Right. But, you know, let's say the Dolphins, they get the seven seed, they match up against the Steelers at the two seed, and the Steelers lose to the Dolphins. Then all of a sudden the Chiefs are playing the Dolphins again. Uh, obviously we're playing them in Arrowhead this time, and I'm not saying the Chiefs would win. I'm just saying it'd be stressful. Yeah. And I'm not into stressful games, but in the playoffs, I mean, I guess that's what you get. <laughs> yeah, it, it's hard to beat a team twice, and it's hard to it's it's really hard to beat a team three times. Yeah, a hundred percent. And so that's where you know if the Bills get the two seed, and they play the Dolphins as a seven seed, I can see, uh, you know, them getting bounced because I think the Bills maybe are our biggest threat in the AFC. Oh yeah, hundred percent. They're our biggest threat. Um, I don't want to see those guys in the playoffs. I mean, it's probably likely that we do. Obviously, Pittsburgh's not our biggest enemy right now because those guys aren't playing good football. Yeah, they're phonies. But, I mean, Bills are playing great football right now. But that'll move us into our weekly storylines with the Chiefs notables. Um, 8-0 on the road this season. That is, we just wrapped up our road trip um, for the year, our last one for the year. 8-0 all in the year. That's an incredible incredible feat right there. Brought the brooms out on the road. No doubt. And it shows, I mean, the last three or four seasons, we've played better on the road than we have at Arrowhead. 
Um, so this really wasn't a surprise once we got it done. Um, I mean, we're just playing better. I don't know if we're playing – I don't know if this team's better than last year, but, um, I mean, we're definitely playing better on the road this year than we did last year. And we played better teams this year on the road than we did last year. Yeah, I mean, this stretch has been pretty historic. If you're just looking at what we've done so far this year, we've already won 13 games. That ties our franchise record. Uh, we've only done that three other times, and in those times we were considered you know, Super Bowl contenders. Uh, we did it in 95, 97, and 2003. Uh, that 03 team started out 9-0 and um, before they lost to the Bengals, who, were, who are, you know, were watching their game tonight, so it just kind of reminded me of that. But if you're looking at what we've done, going back to the first game we played after losing to Tennessee in the regular season, from that point, we've lost one game. Right. Over the course of like 20, 23, 23 games. games. Yeah, 23 games. So we're games. 22 and 1. Yeah. Um, how many other teams do you think have even done that None. in the history of the NFL? I think we're NFL? only ones. Uh, you know, off the top of my head, maybe, maybe the Patriots who went 16 and 0 because they had 16 games in that one season. Maybe the undefeated Dolphins. Or have some a similar record. I don't to that think so. I think we were the only ones, stretch. man. Really? I don't know. I I feel like I saw that today that we were the only ones to do that. 20, That's something that I'd be interested. Twenty two out of twenty three or twenty three out of twenty four. I just man, it's just so fantastic what what the Chiefs have been able to string together. You know, uh, you know, Super Bowl repeat or not is historic. Uh, it just shows the caliber of team that we're putting on the field. We could easily clinch the one seed. This week in the bye, um, and I think if you're giving a team of that caliber a bye week to rest and recuperate and prepare for, you know, whoever the hell we end up playing, it's probably going to be a lower end, lower end team as far as the playoff spectrum yep. is concerned. Um, but you got to feel pretty good about our chances this year. I feel fantastic about it. Agreed, 100. percent I think success like this. I think I've talked about it on this show multiple times now that. Success like this comes from the proper leadership and the proper organization, organizational leadership. And I think you see that top to bottom with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Even top to bottom on the strictly the 53-man roster with Pat Mahomes, and we just spoke about this yep. as we was watching the pregames for the Monday night game here, um, that Pat Mahomes is not afraid to rip anybody's ass on that football team, no matter who you are. If you're making mistakes when you should not be making mistakes and uh, Pat recognizes that and knows you can do better and expects more of you, he's going to say something. Right. He's going to call you out right there, and every person on the football team knows that and knows that he expects 100% out of everybody on that football team. So that's the kind of leader that I want. I mean, that's what we've seen out of Tom Brady, the Drew Breeses, you know, those guys. And... That's the quarterback I want on my football team for the next 15 years. Absolutely. The, the, the evolution of Patrick Mahomes has really taken a leap forward. You know, um, he, he's been getting into people's asses. He's been act, he is doing what all of those quarterbacks you mentioned, uh, you know, he's doing what they're doing because they all have one thing in common. They've won a ring. They know what it takes to be a champion. And bringing that attitude and that leadership – to the field, to the locker room, when they're practicing, it makes a world of difference for that team. And I think that's really what uh, what's bringing the Chiefs to where they are today. Um, some incredible things that we've done also are happening statistically. 
Um, not just with the team and the way that they're performing, but the way individuals are performing on the field. Uh, we've got Tyreek and Travis Kelsey. They're both in the top five in receiving yards. Kelsey has 90 catches on the year. He's top 10 in uh, receiving touchdowns with nine. Tyreek Hill is first in touchdowns. He's got 15 scored on the year with another two rushing. So that's 17 total touchdowns. I mean, that's impressive. He's only There's only been two games out of 14 or out of 13, 14, I'm sorry. So 12 of 14, he has scored a touchdown. Yeah, that's impressive. And multiple touchdowns in multiple games. Right. <clears throat> it's it's just, you know, Dude's what dynamic. he's able to do, what he's able to do, whether it's an end-around sweep or whether it's, you know, just a <laughs> straight-up vertical, uh, doesn't yeah. matter. He, he can out-jump people. He can catch in triple coverage. He can do it across the middle when Travis Kelsey, you know, him, they kind of do crossing patterns across the middle of the field. Um, you know, having weapons like that really opens it up. And Sammy Watkins played a fantastic game uh, this Sunday. Yeah, something I also want to talk about now you talked about um, fantastic game. I don't want to bring you down any, but I, I think we have to talk about Demarcus Robinson. And the fact that his play has just uh, continued to diminish. Honestly, it might not even gotten worse over the last year or two. But this guy's so consistent in making shitty plays that it frustrates the hell out of me. Yeah. And I cannot, I will be shocked if this guy's wearing a Kansas State Chiefs uniform next year. Yeah, that special teams play was rough, and I think the only you know he's never he's not the guy that returns punts for us. Obviously, that's Hardman's job, but Hardman got dinged up on a few plays before that, um, so they were kind of keeping him on the sideline. But what a bonehead play! Um, he looked like he doesn't he hasn't run special teams a whole lot, and I think that really falls on our special teams coach because he should be coaching those guys up and giving him the IQ in those situations that they need to not call for a fucking fair catch and then proceed to pick it up when they don't catch it yeah. and try and run with the ball. Right. What I the can hell are you I doing? I can see your point there, but also this guy carries the football like LaShawn McCoy. Oh, I do. I agree with you 100%. He's getting near Took the my football or get off the field. He's approaching my hate list rapidly. That pisses me off. Like that's a <laughs> just a simple fundamental is take care of the football and you're just not doing it. It just makes you like and when you catch the football hell. north and south. Unless you're Tyreek. You can do whatever the hell you want. But you're not <laughs> he's Tyreek. He's got seventeen yeah. touchdowns. <laughs> All right. So I this guy pisses me off. I mean it's frustrating to watch him. Because he's so good at making dumbass plays. Like how are you so consistent in making these pl- making plays like that? How has nobody said anything to him? Like, like Travis Kelsey's got to be like, dude, catch the football. Well, you know Mahomes is getting in his ass. I, 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 ho- I would hope so. But maybe Pat doesn't, or Patrick, sorry, doesn't <laughs> um, expect what he expects out of Tyreek or anybody else. He doesn't expect that out of D-Rob. I mean, I don't. I can yeah. tell you that much. Well, D-Rob, you know, if not for... Us winning a Super Bowl, I don't think D-Rob would even be here on the team this year. He took a team-friendly deal to come back. I think he maybe signs not quite an Albert Wilson contract with another team, but he's at least making six to eight million on a multi-year deal, like maybe a three-year, you know, 38, 35 mil deal, something like that. Right. Um, I know the math doesn't add up on that for six to eight million, so don't roast <laughs> me on social media. But something similar to that is what I think he would have pulled on the open market, and I think this year honestly hurts his value. 
Um, what doesn't hurt our value is that the fans love the Chiefs. Uh, we have seven Pro Bowlers. Uh, the rosters just got announced tonight. Uh, seven Pro Bowlers on the roster. How many of those guys do you think make the All Pro team? Because that's where it really counts. You know, I don't like the Pro Bowl because it's fan voting, and you know, we can we'll get into that a little bit in a second. I just really want to talk about the Chiefs in that aspect. What do you think? Right, I think Pat Mahomes for sure, absolute number one course and not i don't want to put these in order for as caliber on our team but um pat obviously gets an all pro bid travis kelsey gets an all pro bid Mm -hmm. i think tyreek gets an all pro bid and then i think if there's a four i think it's chris jones that gets an all pro bid out of if we're looking at the seven that got it which was mahomes kelsey hill fisher frank clark chris jones and tyron matthew i think out of the last four if you're going to pick somebody that's going to be an all-pro, I think it's Chris Jones. Yeah, I disagree with you a little bit. I think Tyron Matthews is a little bit more deserving uh, this year. Chris Jones hasn't been wreaking quite the havoc. I had hoped he would. And he's going to be competing with all-pro spots against, you know, Aaron Donald obviously locks up one of those interior yep. lineman spots. But then Leonard Williams has been playing really well. The Washington football team has a pair of defensive tackles that have played well. Cam Hayward for the Steelers. Um, he's had a really good year. Uh, so I'd be a little worried. I'm a little worried about Chris Jones making it. I think he could be a second team all pro possibly. Um, but making that first first team is really, you know, he's going to have to play out of his mind these last two games, I think, right. to seal that up. But Tyron Matthew, he's top five in interceptions. He's got six picks. He's been doing, you know, Tyron Matthew things where he's stop, stuffing runs. He's blitzing. He's got a sack or two on the year, um, and he's he scored. He generated a touchdown um, on the defense. So that's pretty uh, that's pretty fantastic for him to be able to do that. I don't think he makes it as a safety, but there is a DB. DB. Yeah, yeah I think he makes that again because he he was all pro last year in two positions. Okay. As far as you know, other Pro Bowlers go. Mahomes most overall votes. Uh, the leading vote getters uh, amongst the skill positions on offense were Mahomes and Wilson, and this is AFC-NFC, uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Russell Wilson, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Stephon Diggs, DK Metcalf for wide receiver, and then Travis Kelsey and TJ Hawkinson for tight end. I think there were a few snubs that were left out uh, looking at the overall rosters. One glaring snub is Adam Thielen, who has double-digit touchdowns on the year. He probably will make it as an alternate at some point, Trey Hendrickson, who just bullied the shit out of Eric Fisher this past weekend. He has double-digit sack totals uh, opposite of Cam Jordan. I think he should have made the Pro Bowl. Roquan Smith, one of the top tacklers in the league. Uh, tons of tackles for loss. He's been a staple on that Bears defense thus far. I, I really think he should have made it over some of the linebackers that were qualified above him. Jesse Bates III, who I mentioned earlier, he didn't make that play. Of course, that was Von Bell. Um, But he's had a phenomenal year. He's a young guy. I think that kind of hurts him being on a losing team. But he easily could have been included on this Pro Bowl list. But, uh, you know, it's a fan vote at the end of the day. And Ryan Tannehill, I think he easily could end up being an alternate for the Pro Bowl as well. Uh, Those are just some of the guys who I think kind of got left off or left out. Yeah, I think what goes into this a little bit is is that it's a, a popularity show, right? Right. And Tannehill doesn't show out. Hendrickson, Hendrickson doesn't show out. 
Adam Thielen has in the last couple of years, which he's kind of a shocker why he didn't get a pick this year. Right, he's been bid. so consistent. And Justin Absolutely. Jefferson got in. He did, I know, and I just checked that right as they came out because uh, I was looking at for Adam Thielen. You know, you're looking for a, a certain selective guys, and then uh, okay, Adam Th- Adam Thielen didn't get in. Okay, did did Justin Jefferson get in? And he did. So, but that kind of goes back into the deal where uh, it's a popularity show, and right. um, Jefferson's kind of the the new rookie on the scene. He's kind of <laughs> everybody's been talking about him. Yeah, yeah, and he's played a really good ball. I, I don't want to say he hasn't deserved it, but. Um, Adam Thielen's played good ball, and I think he should have got in. I think Thielen at the end, Thielen at the end of the day is the number one receiver for the Vikings. Oh yeah, agreed, hundred percent. He, you know, he's right up there with yards. He's uh, proven. He's right up there with touch. I mean, he's got uh, like thirteen or fourteen touchdowns on the year. He's done his job, and it'll show. It'll show once they pick these alternates or once they put down All Pro, because I could see him being a second team All Pro kind of guy. Yep, same here. Now, let's just jump into these big money moves of the week. Big money moves of the week. This is where the money's made. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, keep in mind, it is Monday. These are opening lines. Some of these things that we're mentioning are subject to change before we actually release the episode. So just a quick disclaimer. I wouldn't expect more than a point or two to change, um, but just a quick you know disclaimer on that and it looks like eric ebron is getting carted off the field looks yeah. like he's in a lot of pain hopefully it's nothing too serious i do like eric ebron um yeah it's gonna and you never want to see you never want to see a player go down like that yeah champion or uh semifinals week this could affect some fantasy here and going into next week obviously if you're uh if you got ebron on your team but um, you'll hear this later on the in the show. Pick up Logan Thomas. Pick up you Logan picked Thomas. Him up. Absolutely. And uh, you know, I want to give a quick shout out to my uncle Daryl. Speaking of Eric Ebron, um, he needed Eric Ebron to put up 80 points tonight to beat me to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, he's not going to get that done tonight. I didn't think he would, but uh, my uncle, you know, all respect to him. He's a two-time defending champ of our league. And he made the playoffs for a third consecutive season. He's the only uh, person to have his name on our family trophy. Uh, so, you know, big props to him. And uh, it was an honor playing you. Uh, but let's get into these big money moves of the week. Um, my parlay of the week, I'm going to put Chicago minus 7.5 against Jacksonville. Ooh. I like their odds here. I think Chicago takes this up early with Bill Lazor's play calling. Um, and the Jacksonville Jaguars' awful defense. Um, you know, we saw what the Ravens just did to them, and I see the uh, Bears as a very similarly ran team, minus obviously Lamar Jackson running out of the backfield. I think the Bears are run-centric at this point in time. And also they've been able to uh, hit Allen Robinson and Cole Komet and those kind of guys for meaningful yards. So I expect them to jump ahead of Jacksonville. I'm taking Indy with the points here. Uh, I like their two and a half against Pittsburgh on the road. Uh, I think they take care of business in Pittsburgh, so covering, obviously, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, Tampa Bay and Detroit, the line is set at 53 and a half. I'm going over. Um, The over hit on that uh, Detroit and Tennessee game. Oh, absolutely. Easily. I would say Tennessee's probably hit 
Well, we played 14 games now. They've probably hit 11 or 12 overs. Oh, they've been over Kings this year. It's pretty much a sure bet whenever yeah. you're looking at those numbers. Um, but, yeah, I'm loving the Detroit game. Detroit, you know, you can pretty much guarantee they're going to score 20 to 27 points. And I like the Buccaneers' chances to really uh, bump up the numbers on these guys uh, this week. So okay. that's my parlay of the week. What do you got, man? I got Cleveland minus 9.5 at the Jets. I got Jacksonville plus seven seven and a half um, against Chicago. Oh wow! I think Chicago is vulnerable. I don't think they're quite what they've looked like in the last three weeks. I think they have chance. They have they have pockets to get exposed, and I think uh, maybe Jacksonville is not the team to expose all of them. But uh, <laughs> I'm taking seven and a half on w- that one. Would you be willing to shake on that bet? Uh yeah, give me an alt line of thir- 13 and a half. Oh, you want to tease it a little bit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it after the show. Um Denver and Denver's playing Los Angeles Chargers. They're in LA. The line is set at 48 and a half. I'm taking the under on that even though um the Chargers played a pretty good game last week against the Raiders and won that game. And that was thirty to twenty-seven, I think, which is pretty high. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I think this, I think it's different with this Denver team. I don't know if um, this is really just a hunch here. I, don't, <laughs> I have nothing to to back this up. But if I had to take something, I'm taking the under to to uh, uh, line up this parlay here at the end. But rolling right into a do or die. If I'm taking a do or die play of the week, it is Philly minus one and a half points. At Dallas. Okay. I think they roll in there and steamroll that Dallas team. Jalen Hurts puts on another performance, two or three touchdowns, um, a total of 300, 300 to 350 yards. Really cements himself as yeah, a starter, Yeah, I, I think huh? so. Yeah. Uh, this guy looks mature. He seems mature. And I think he keeps rolling into uh, uh, making that Philly team uh, kind of a show of what we got to look forward to next year. Sure. And I, I don't hate that bet by any means. Um, I think, you know, Jalen Hurts already has players commenting about his leadership skills. Uh, so that's just a testament that, you know, his teammates believe in him. So that's pretty fantastic that he's already got that support from their staff, uh, minus Carson Wentz. Uh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> he's not happy with what's going on in Philly, I guess. I don't know why. It's really his fucking fault. But, yep. you know, I, I like that bet, actually. it's not That's not bad. I like, for my do or die, Cleveland to cover nine and a half at the Jets. Now, I know what the Jets did to the Rams. I don't think this happens in Cleveland. I think Cleveland's run game really tears it up, and uh, they just run it up on these dudes. Uh, I would I would even venture to say it's a it's a double-digit uh, double win for the, the, the Browns. And All right. Gio Bernard just got a touchdown. The Bengals are up 17-0. to uh, How many times did we feature these guys on our fraudulent list, the Steelers? Yeah. I think I put them on every fucking week because so I knew these glad. guys were phonies. So glad I took them plus 13 last week. So let's say, let's let's do a little uh, scenario play out here. Let's say the Steelers lose this game tonight. Uh, we're going to take a break from these big money moves of the week. This is important. This is about the Chiefs. This is important. Um... They lose tonight with two games to play, and the Chiefs own the tiebreaker. One of those games is against Cleveland, too. One of those games is against Cleveland. Two games to play against Cleveland and the Colts. Colts, Chiefs, yeah, yeah. Chiefs have the Falcons and Chargers. I think we would kind of lock 
up the uh I think so at too. At that point we would lock up the one seed, right? Yeah, I mean not probably not technically, but theoretically, uh I think it's locked up if if the Steelers can't close on this lead I mean, and end up would, winning a football game here. I'd have to crunch the numbers on these conference records and all that good stuff, but I think that would pretty much put us in there. Uh so let's go Bengals. Keep it up. No doubt. Big Bengals fans right now. Big old Bengals fan. So Looking at some sleeper bets, something some people may be, you know, taking a little nap on, taking a snoozy on. I like Atlanta plus 10.5 going to KC. Yeah, I, I like that too. I, I think if you look back on our games, we've won. We've probably not played well with the spread. You probably want to take been a, awful against the Chiefs and all your, all your spreads. But 10.5 is a lot for an Atlanta team that could score a lot of points. Yeah. We've covered, off the top of my head, I know we've covered against the Jets and the Broncos in games we've been favored in. In a game that we were a dog, the only game we were a dog in this year was when we went on the road to play the Ravens, and we won. Right. So, I mean, against the spread, that's three games right there. The rest of them, I don't think we even come close, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, I, I, I mean, they're all so high. Well, yeah, Vegas has a lot of faith in us. Right. So that doesn't help at all. Uh, my sleeper for the week is the Rams, who are going to Seattle, which we've already talked about. They've already beaten Seattle this week. Uh, I've been telling you, do not sleep on this Rams team just because they lost to the Jets. I think they come out strong. They're fighting for um, literally the division right now. Right. So they win these next two games. They have a pretty good chance of winning that division. Um so look for them to come out pretty strong. They may lose this game. I, I Like I said earlier, I really don't know how this game's going to go. But I'm taking two and a half because if, if it goes um, towards Seattle, then it's going to be a one or two point game. Yeah, I, I, I like the Rams like I mentioned earlier. I think the Rams might end up winning this game. I think they come out motivated. Um, you know, they get that dub. Obviously, the spread doesn't even matter at that point. Right. So I like that bet a lot. Um, for prop bets, what do you got? What's your What's your go to? So as we've done the last uh, couple shows, I like to play something that we're watching. And the last, or as as of right now, the first three shows we've watched a football game, two Thursday night games, now a Monday night game. As we record this show. I'm taking Big Ben, passing yards on the night is 276 yards, 276 and a half yards. Uh, I'm taking the under on that. And the under, what that uh, wager is right now is minus 125. Uh, Dan, you want to take a peek right now at what the stats are and give me, uh, kind of tell us what Big Ben's sitting at right now? Big Ben is not doing great up to this point. I know so, he's got an interception already. Yeah, looking at the stats right here, it looks like... Um, sorry, internet issues. <laughs> it looks like Big Ben only has negative two passing yards at the moment. He's five for 13 with negative two and a pick. Negative two passing yards? Yes. So unless he really turns this shit on, I would expect him to end up with, at the, you know, he's on pace for negative four yards. Four yards this Loving game. it. So <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how this. Just pans so everybody out. is aware of where we're at in the game, we got about just over four minutes left in the second quarter, um, and then the the Pittsburgh Steelers just received a kickoff from the Cincinnati touchdown. So minus two yards. That's incredible. That's, I love it. That's wild. That uh, under's just gonna hammer. Oh, it's gonna hit hard. Unfortunately. So uh, looking at uh, fantasy football, let's get into it. 
playoff edition. Actually, it's probably Super Bowl edition for a lot of you guys yeah, out there. Yeah, it probably is. Um, you know, there's a lot of injuries to be monitoring. Julio Jones, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Zeke, Kenny Galladay, Duke Johnson, CEH done for the regular season. Michael Thomas done for regular season. Mike Gesicki, um, Devontae Parker still having issues. Kyle Rudolph, if you're looking for that red zone thread, he's having issues. Debo Samuel, Alex Smith, Antonio Gibson may not play another game this week. Um, it is early, as I mentioned, so I don't want to go in too much detail here with injuries because practices haven't even been logged. I mean, we're still playing a Week 15 game here tonight. Um, but watch our Twitter. We'll be retweeting shit. We'll be tweeting shit out to update you guys on injuries going on in the NFL. A lot of that will be courtesy of guys like Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter, so you know it's not bullshit. Uh, Tom Pelissero, those kind of guys are who we're going to really play Real in there. Um, I'm going to jump right into my starts, and again, it's early. Things can change. Things can develop, but I'm sticking with these guys. I wanted to try and pick guys you know, who would be good um, regardless of what kind of questions are surrounding him. So I'm going to take Brady on the road at Detroit. Um, quarterback's been picking apart their defense. I'm going to take David Montgomery on the road at Jacksonville. Le'Veon Bell is going to get a lot of carries now that CEH is hurt, and Atlanta's run defense has been better recently, but I still like our chances to at least get a touchdown, 60 yards, maybe a catch or two for Le'Veon. Agreed, Same with, uh, especially with him being the number one guy for the rest of the season. Absolutely, and you know, watch for Le'Veon to you know maybe help you make that push from a flex spot even. Uh, Allen Robinson at Jacksonville is going to do well. Robert Woods at Seattle. I think the Rams are going to whoop their ass. Logan Thomas, if you haven't picked him up, pick him up. Uh, Tony Pollard, if Zeke misses another game, I would expect another big game out of him. Rodrigo Blankenship, the kicker for the Colts, I think he's going to have a really good game considering this is probably going to be a defensive game. And he is the highest current scorer in the league. Um, so, you know, I would definitely plug him in. And then Baltimore at the New York Giants, if uh, Daniel Jones or if Colt McCoy is playing, doesn't matter. <laughs> I think they're going to dominate. I got J.K. Dobbins against the Giants, just like you were talking about Baltimore. They're going to dominate this game and hit a heavy ground game um, for the second half of that football game. And J.K. Dobbins has been their guy. He's been balling. Three or four weeks. Last three or four weeks, he's, he's gotten a, guy. a touchdown like the last three weeks. Yep, yep. Uh, Logan Thomas, as uh, as Dan said, against Carolina. Cam Akers. Rams come back this week and make big plays. Cam Akers is going to be a part of that, obviously. Maybe Henderson. I, you know, I don't know, but I'm, I'm I'm calling Cam Akers to make those plays, take a risk on it, put Cam Akers in, and then any Tennessee receivers. This is going to be a high-scoring game. If you have AJ Brown or who else Corey am I thinking? Davis. Corey Davis. It's usually one or the other that's making the plays right. If you got them, start them. If you got them, smoke them. Uh, let's <laughs> get after it because that's going to be a high-scoring game. And you have potential of of uh, Tennessee having to make some uh, some comeback plays to 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 stay in the game, and and you want your Tennessee receivers to be a part of that. As far as sits, I'm gonna roll right into my Dan. Uh, I'm going Josh Jacobs against Miami. I don't think he repeats what he did last week. I don't week. hate that. Yeah, I think that Miami front seven's pretty strong or, or solid enough to be able to stop uh, Josh Jacobs. Frank Gore, if you put him on your bench last week, you were kind of kicking yourself in the shin because you kind of uh, wanted that play. Um, he's going, he's playing, or he's not going to, but he's playing uh, Cleveland this weekend. He's not going to do that again. Don't start Frank Gore. Yeah, I wouldn't expect that. Uh, Chiefs D against Atlanta. I would not start that Chiefs defense against Atlanta. Um, that that team has potential to score some uh, potential to score some uh, a lot of points here. 
Uh, we saw that against last week with 27. I wouldn't. I don't know necessarily if you want to call that call that a lot, but uh, mm-hmm. um, they make some. They, they have potential enough to impact your defense. Yeah, enough to put you at maybe 10 even or eight points, and and you're with the defense in a non PPR league like ours. Uh, we're kind of looking at at least 15, 16, 17, 18 points for a defense, right? So from time it depends on. Yeah, I mean that's what you want. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, so want. I'm not starting that Chiefs D. I wouldn't either. Alongside that, you know, I wouldn't start Russell Wilson going against the Rams. I almost put him on my list last week, but it's Russell Wilson. He's been putting up great numbers for most of the year. I actually started Russell in my game against uh, Uncle D, Uncle Daryl, and uh, I almost swapped Tannehill in for him. Oh. Uh, so it would have been a 100-point win, but... Uh, instead, I kept Russell Wilson in, so is what it is. I may bench Russell in my league and start Tannehill against Green Bay. I think Tannehill's going to have a good game. I think so, too. Um, I would bench Chris Carson as well. Kenyon Drake going against that tough San Francisco uh, defense. I know Tony Pollard kind of had his way with them, but if you're looking at how he scored a lot of those points, is because he was catching passes out of the backfield. It was because he was, um, you know, he was put in position to run a red zone touchdown early. I wouldn't expect that from Kenyon Drake because that's not really how their offense functions. Um, Nelson Aguilar against Miami, sit him. Curtis Samuel at Washington, sit him. Greg Olson against the Rams, sit him. Uh, Going into some sleepers, uh, Drew Locke. I think he may end up having a nice little game against the Chargers defense. Marcus Mariota had a good game, and I think Drew Locke's style of play is pretty comparable to that. Yeah, agreed. Um, So I would look for him to maybe, you know, put up 20... Uh, 25 in that range. Something serviceable if you're having quarterback issues like with Ben Roethlisberger. You don't want to start him for your Super Bowl. Um, if you make the Super Bowl and you started Ben Roethlisberger this week, you know you got lucky as fuck. If you're looking at Colin Balage, uh, I would maybe think about him. He's been solid in the red zone. He got a touchdown against the Raiders in the red zone. Donovan Peoples-Jones has been one of Baker Mayfield's favorite targets since OBJ went down. He's good for a long ball. I had him last week um, on this list, and he ended up doing a, putting up a pretty de- damn decent staff line, so just look for him. And then Dallas at Philly. Uh, they had a really good game against San Fran. Uh, they low-key could have another game like that against Philly. No doubt. You could see a rookie coming in there with only his third start and, and having some turnovers and then a defense end up uh end up scoring some points on that so that yeah i could see that too for sleepers um i got Le'Veon bell against atlanta like dan said he's he's uh he's he's plugging in there for our guy ceh uh, which kind of sucks to to say but he is uh plugging in there so look for him to have a good game i think the chiefs slow the ball the slow the game down specifically with you know, it's coming to the end of the season, and they want to slow things down and get a rhythm and just kind of win these games quietly. Um, but they also want to do that against a team like Atlanta that can score um, the amount of points that they can score um, right. w- within a football game. Johnny Smith against Green Bay, he gets involved in this game. If you ha- if you have him on your fantasy team, he hasn't done shit in the last yeah, five weeks. You've been frustrated like me and Trey. Yeah, so uh, plug this guy in this week because he, t- he scores a touchdown, maybe even two. He hasn't scored – Multiple touchdowns yet this year, but I, I could see it's, that happening it, this week. It was early in the season, but I'm looking for another Jonu Smith game where, you know, he gets five catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown. Even that is more than what you'd expect from your average tight end. Right. Yep, absolutely. Um, looking at some waiver wire pickups, it's late. 
It's late in the year. It is if you super get, late. If you're able to get any of these guys, you know, good on you. Um, Tua. Tua could end up having a good game or a good game or two. Uh, playing the Raiders this weekend, um, I would expect him to to be one of those guys you can start if you have to. Tony Pollard, backing up Zeke. If you haven't picked him up yet, do it. Le'Veon Bell, do it. Russell Gage, uh, I know we kind of forgot about him since week three, but he's been showing up the last few weeks with Julio Jones being out again. So that could be a guy you can throw in your flex or, or wide receiver too. And then Cole Komet has been commanding a lot of targets for Mitchell Trubisky since Bill Lazor started calling plays. Uh, definitely pick him up for your lineups. He could uh, be a good tight end filler uh, this weekend. I also have Le'Veon Bell and T. Pollard. Um, T. Pollard is kind of a, a up, in, up in the air because Zeke might come back this mm-hmm. week. He's questionable now. Um, so I don't know what his status is going to be as far as, as touches. Um, but the one I want to talk about here is the Cardinals' D against San Fran. As okay. you said, Dallas had a good game against them last week, their defense at least. Um, and I think the Cardinals' D is ranked like 15th or 16th as far as our league. So if that's somebody you that's can pick up and, and plug in, if you have a tough matchup on the defensive side of the ball, I think that's your that's your, uh, that's your your pickup for the week on the defense. But um, as far as that goes, Dan, I think, uh, I think, we're, I think we're here to, to wrap it up, right? Yeah, we're fresh out of content. Yeah, <laughs> that's the uh, that's the show. Hey, thank you guys if you made it this far uh, through the podcast. You know we do appreciate everyone listening, everyone taking the time to give us feedback. Um, we are on a little bit of a short week. A lot of times we get most of our feedback throughout the week. We get to build it up and and prep a little better. We will be back on our regular schedule by the time episode four rolls around. We'll release it New Year's Day. So you can take the time to listen to it all day long while you're sitting at home from work um, and help you get prepped for week 17, excuse me, the last week of the uh, regular season. But again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Check out all of our social media platforms. Trey, what's what's your favorite social media accounts on Twitter and IG? Um, I, I think uh, I like to follow the guys that give us the raw stats, so like the, the, the Shefters and, and those guys, because you're getting it straight from the horse's mouth, right? So, so uh, those guys bring you the nitty-gritty and the good stuff you want to see, but at the same time, you like to follow the NFL and the NBA and the NCAAs just so you can get uh, raw raw uh, information from them too. Right, and I would say my favorite's probably at the Fastest 40. <laughs> yes. On duh. IG and at the Fastest <laughs> underscore 40 on uh, Twitter. Yeah, duh. come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know I kind of got them on the spot there, yeah. but... But definitely follow those up. Check us out. We'll be tweeting out information from those guys that Trey mentioned so you know uh, what we're coming coming up with is legitimate. You know, we always like to source where we're getting our information, uh, give those people credit. But thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope everyone has a happy, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Shout out to my mom, grandma. Love you guys. Looking forward to seeing you guys uh, this Friday. Absolutely. Merry Christmas, everybody. And let's have uh let's roll into 2021 with some, uh, with some real hard motivation here and, and some, uh, some steam going ahead so we can have a good year going into 2021. All right. Merry Christmas, everybody. See ya. Merry Christmas. Thanks. <laughs>